The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. You think you can fix somebody? Somebody has to want to fix themselves and work on themselves. It's not your job to fix anybody or show somebody what a great person they could be. Hey besties, welcome back to another episode of I Missed Me. I am so excited today because with me, I have Christina Kane. She is the host of Dirty Daytini, and she is the girlfriend's guy never knew guys never knew they needed and the bestie girls always wish they had. Welcome, Christina, to I Missed Me. I am so excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be here. How are you feeling today? Uh, I'm feeling ready to go, you know. On your podcast, you talk a lot about relationships and breakups and, and dating stories and everything. And I, I love that because on I Missed Me, we, we love to talk about that. I kind of want to get this conversation started by you giving a little like background as to why you started talking about that. Like, is it a certain like specific breakup that you had to go through that inspired you to, you know, self like grow and, and then start this podcast or how, how's your story? So I started Dirty Daytini because for many years, basically my friends, my family, even strangers would come to me just like asking relationship questions and dating advice, whether it be like my family or my friends or I'm at a dinner event and a mm -hmm. guy's like, oh, I just met this girl, da, 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 da. And I just saw like this reoccurring pattern of people being very open and transparent with me when it came to their relationship issues, their mm -hmm. dating struggles, their sex life, whatever it be. And so it's definitely long overdue. I should have started this like five years ago, yeah. but I started it because, you know, I was giving these people one on one advice and recommendations. And if I'm giving it to this person, this person is going through this, but so is probably someone else in the world. Yeah. So it opened up a platform to where everyone can hear my advice and thoughts. And I'm also super transparent and with my best friend, you could be my best friend and I'm going to give it to you blunt and give you my straight opinion. I'm not going to filter or walk on eggshells for the sake of your feelings. Right. And I think that's really important when you're seeking advice, because a lot of times you go to a friend or a family member for advice and they kind of soften the blow and they favor your side of what's going on because they care about you. Yeah. But I like to see things kind of from an outside's perspective, even if you are my best friend. So, you know, you always know you're getting it real when you're talking yeah. to me. <laughs> and that's kind of how I am too. And I and I love that you talk about that because I feel like honesty is like the most important part of a friendship. Like you don't want a friend that's always supporting you even when you're in the wrong because you can't, you couldn't, you would never be able to grow. No, a thousand percent. So I, lo I love that, that you're that type of person. 
that is it a specific breakup that you had to go through or how's your experience with breakups um mike's well throughout the course of my years of dating it's all kind of been different you know i've been in relationships with you know narcissistic personalities that really took a toll on my mental health as yeah. well uh, because you know the whole time you're involved in that type of relationship you're trying to figure out how to get it back to what it was but that wasn't even that person in yeah. the beginning. It was just kind of a facade and a mask they wore. And then I've been in really great relationships where we were together for many years and we had a lot of similar interests and we were really compatible, but we just grew apart. And I mean, I think in relationships, you either grow together, or you grow apart. And a lot of times people try to hold on to the relationship very tightly because of what it was or what they think it could be. But sometimes you just have to take, to take relationships for face value. And like, if you grow apart, you grow apart and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. So I've kind of been in all types, different relationships. Mm -hmm. What's the most important lesson that you've learned like about yourself um, after going through these, you know, experiences that people call people call heartbreak, but I just call it heart shape because like your your heart doesn't actually break. You just like learn and learn how to see relationships from a different perspective. So, yeah, I love that you call it that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to look at it. Um, I think the biggest some of the biggest things I've learned is that. Um, if someone wants to be in your life, they'll be there. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we hold on too tightly to relationships and it's not even necessarily because they're the right person. Maybe they once were, maybe they never were, or maybe they're just not anymore, but we hold on so tightly to a relationship and, you know, I think you have to let relationships in life be free flowing. And that goes for romantic relationships, friendships, family. You know, if it's meant to be there, it will be there and it will feel right. And if it's not meant to be there, then just like let it go with open arms and understand that you this person was in your life for a season and you learned a lot of valuable lessons and learned more about yourself and whatnot. So I would say throughout the course of my relationships is just just to let it be what it is. And when it comes to an end, let it go gracefully. And if it continues on, then great. But don't hold on to anything too tightly for the sake of maybe fear of not finding anybody or, you know, being alone, any of those things. What's your biggest advice for someone who struggles to jump into that detachment mentality of I have to hold on because I want to feel needed or I have to hold on because you're giving me validation and if you don't give me validation then who's going to give it to me like what yeah what's your biggest advice when it comes to like that detachment part of right I think that so a lot of people I've had girlfriends in relationships even that were in relationships with people that were very toxic for them and these boyfriends kind of belittled them and made them feel less than. So yeah. then they really felt like, oh, like my own boyfriend almost doesn't even love me and cherish me. How am I going to find somebody else? Or if you're in a healthy relationship, but you know, you just feel like you've outgrown each other and it's time to part ways. I think the most important thing is really just don't live in fear or discouragement of what you could find or you may not find. I think you really have to be okay with being by yourself. And I really stress that before even entering a relationship. Like, really understand yourself. Really know what your boundaries are, what your non-negotiables are. What will you tolerate? What won't you tolerate? You know, build your self-worth and your self-respect so then you attract those relationships that are fulfilling for you and you don't enter relationships just for 
for the sake of being with someone to have somebody because you're lonely, Mm -hmm. because you're so good on your own and you've really discovered yourself that then your relationships will be even that much better because you're not going to enter a relationship with the wrong person for the wrong reasons. You're good with being on your own. You'll go to dinner alone. You'll travel alone. You'll you're really happy and at peace with yourself. So then you do find the people that are really meant for you because you're not settling. So I think before anything, before you even enter a relationship, I think you really have to be okay with being on your own. And then when you're in a relationship, if you feel that you've gotten to a point where, you know, the relationship's coming to an end, I don't think you then will fear well, what if I don't find anybody? What if there's no one out there for me? Because you know you already are so good on your own and you entered that relationship that you can do it again. And it's also so much easier to recognize when the relationship is over. Oh, yeah. I feel like, yeah, when you're not okay with being alone, you you kind of, in the back of your mind, know that the relationship is over, but maybe we can fix it. Maybe one more conversation or maybe more time or maybe in the future. But like when you're okay with being by yourself, it's like, no, the relationship is over. I don't want this for me anymore. And like, goodbye. Totally. Yeah. You can walk away with your head held high and like, no, like, okay, this relationship. Yeah. It makes the exit that much graceful because like, if you're okay with being on your own, then you don't have to suffer and be in a relationship that's not serving you just because you don't want to be alone. And if you're really afraid of being alone, then like go buy a dog or something, you know what I mean? But don't lose your mental sanity and have nights where you're staying up crying, you're tossing and turning, you're, you know, going through each other's phones. Like if you're in that type of relationship, like no individual is worth you losing like your mental sanity Mm -hmm. and peace over. And I love, I love that you like just said that, like get a dog, like as a joke, but I feel like at the end of the day, what we all want is just to feel unconditional loved yeah. And love. Like we all want to feel unconditionally loved and unconditional love. And there are so many things that you can unconditionally love that are not a romantic partner that you're only going to be able to realize once you let go of that romantic partner and then understand that you can unconditionally love your friends, unconditionally yeah. love a dog again, your family, yeah. your job. So there are a lot of things that you can unconditionally love and that can't unconditionally love you that is not a romantic narcissistic person you know a thousand percent what are your list of non-negotiables now that we're talking about that um okay well I mean someone who's really like of course like loyal and trustworthy and compassionate and empathetic someone who's like very hardworking and driven because I'm very hardworking and driven myself so it's very attractive to me when I find someone who doesn't have a lazy mentality but also I would say the biggest thing for me is communication yeah it's something that is so simple to do but yet so many people struggle with it and I do think there's different tiers of communication I mean there's communication just having casual conversation with your friends and family But then, you know, the communication that arises when you're in a fight or someone did something that hurt your feelings, that's more of like an emotional communication. So I think a lot of people struggle when feelings get involved to communicate effectively. So having communication as a skill set is a big, you like top of the list for me. Yeah, because so many relationships and I've been in a relationship where this has happened myself where maybe the relationship fell apart just because you weren't communicating effectively. You know, I feel like a lot of people 
try to keep the peace in a relationship. And of course, like you have to pick and choose your own battles. You can't like go to war over every single thing that bothers you that your partner did. But if you're constantly brushing things underneath the rug, like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal then these things are still like in your subconscious mind and weighing on you. And with a matter of time, you're going to explode. And you're not even going to know what you're exploding over because you've brushed so many matters underneath the rug. And then, you know, you think your relationship's at stake and maybe this person isn't for you. But really, I think if you just communicate effectively, a lot of issues can be avoided in relationships that arise if people literally just sat down and had an open, honest, transparent conversation. So communication is a big thing for me. I agree with you. And it's something that I've been talking about a lot because I agree with the fact that communication is big and key in relationships. But I think that comprehension is even more important than communication. Yeah. Because you can try to communicate all you want. But if there's no comprehension, then communication doesn't mean anything. Totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like talking to a wall. Yeah. Yeah. It, it has. To, and that's why like a lot of times people talk about like communication styles because it's like, yes, you have to be able to comprehend what this person's saying because otherwise, you know, if it's going in one ear and out the other, then what's the point? So, yeah, I totally agree with that. I That's that's new yeah. for me. I've actually never even thought about that. Like, of course, you want to be heard, but some people can hear you, but not really understand you. Mm-hmm. And and you're communicating. You're just not being understanded. So it doesn't really mean anything. So I agree with the fact that like communication is key because without communication, there's no comprehension. But without the, without comprehension, there's no fixing. Yeah. So what is your opinion on modern day dating? Because... I feel like I'm going to be single for the rest of my life. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a single too, girl. Um, I think there's pros and cons. So I, quite frankly, I think modern day dating sucks. Um, I would say the pro of it is that it does give you the opportunity to meet people more than just your local city. You know, you can find people on Instagram, you can find people on dating apps, you can find people very globally now. So, you know, there's a more of a pool of options with modern day dating. But I would say the cons of modern day dating is because there are so many options, sometimes people are seeing someone or they enter a relationship and you think, well, what if there's someone out there better for me? Mm. Like, what if... No, the grass is greener on the other side. Yeah, the grass is greener on the other side. And so I think with so many options, sometimes people are not fulfilled in what they have in front of them because they think about the what ifs, the grass is greener. So I think that's an issue. I also think that in modern day dating that a lot of people kind of hide behind their phone. You know, like I've been in many situations where like... You know, whether it's like, I, like, I mean, I'm on one dating app, but I go on there when I'm bored and I like heart. Which one? Raya. Raya? <laughs> <laughs> That's the only dating app. My Raya sucks. My friend's dating apps on like their Raya is like on point. Mine is so bad. Have you, find, have you found anyone like that? You like, what are you doing here? Like top? Yeah. No, I've like, like my Raya used to be really good. And I don't know what happened to it because some of my friends rise like the people they get are like great people. And me, it's like it's showing me people in like Amsterdam and like New Zealand. And I'm like, that's not going to be. Yeah, I've literally emailed the company about it. And they were like, <laughs> I'm oh. in L.A. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, help. <laughs> like, um, like, but I go on there when I'm bored and I heart and I X. But then if someone like messages me like, hey, honestly, 
you've already lost my attention because it's like I want someone to come in like Friday at eight. I'm taking you out. Like take yeah. initiative, be assertive, come through the plan because I don't want to do the or whole. Or what are you doing Friday? Or what are your plans? Yeah, you know? yeah. Like take initiative and execute because like if a guy comes in and is like, hey, and then you're like, hey what's up? Not much. It's so much pitter patter back and forth over the phone. And like 98% of the times you never even end up meeting that person. And you know what, too? I love talking about this because there's a lot of like neuroscience that goes behind it. It gives you a fake sense of intimacy. Really? So your brain doesn't know the difference between what's actually real and what's not. So when you're texting someone, your brain is processing it as I'm having a real conversation with this person. And that is why we get attached so easily based on like Day, uh, texting 24 7 mm-hmm. it's like you don't even know this person but in your mind you do right so but then sometimes like i'm sure you've been on occasions like this where it's like maybe you are texting someone or messaging someone and you really feel like you know this person and then you meet them in person and they're totally different exactly yeah, yeah. so i i hate texting i never yeah. text i facetime i call where i see you in person but it's like you're not going to text me what's your favorite color because that's not yeah you know yeah no absolutely like, that's why modern day dating i mean it really sucks like yeah cool there's options but then also i think the con is that there's too many options and people think what if the grass is greener and then so many people like fear of commitment what i've kind of realized especially in los angeles i'm sure you're familiar with everyone having peter pan syndrome yeah i feel like it's like everywhere now <laughs> i think it is too yeah. i agree with you um but like when I say fear of commitment, I don't even mean fear of commitment and like being boyfriend and girlfriend. I mean fear of commitment and like even committing to a plan. Like, hey, Friday eight, would you like and to go to dinner? That's the problem. It's just like your fear of commitment translates to ev- translates to everything, like everything. your job, like just everything. Yeah, because they want to keep their options open. Because like Friday eight, maybe they want to take you out, but then uh, I don't know if I want to commit to that because what if my my boys my are boys. Doing- <laughs> It's always the fucking boys, bro. <laughs> what if my boys are doing that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Sorry, I'm hanging out with the boys. Huh? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean fear of commitment even in as small as, like, making a plan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I hate the fucking boys. Because girls is like, I love my girls, but yeah. I would never cancel a plan that I have with a guy I like to go with my girls. Because yeah. they know, and they they understand because they know that I'm... But, like, guys don't have a problem on canceling to you because they're going out with the boys. And it's like, bro. No. I think it's also, though, but I, like... Like, I'm the, kind of the same way. Like, when I make a plan or when I, like, make a commitment to someone, like, I'm following through. But I think that also has to do with, like, you know, really having your identity in place. Yeah. Because a lot of people, whether it's dating, whether it's newly, like, started, whether you've been dating this person for four years, a lot of people are, like, you know, maybe they love to go to girls' night every Friday with the girls and they go have martinis. Well, they enter this relationship, they start seeing someone and they cancel everything because they're hanging out with Jared. That's another problem too. What's yeah. your opinion on that? Like, I always say that the worst mistake that someone can make when entering a relationship is like, leave their friends aside. Yeah. I don't think your relationship with your friends, if it's a healthy friendship, should ever change when you get into a relationship. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think that the friendships you have beforehand, who you are beforehand. And that's why I'm so big on having your own self-identity and, you know, really loving yourself because whatever activities you like to do, whether it be Pilates every Tuesday or girls Mm -hmm. night every Friday, when you enter a relationship, just because you're in a relationship, you still need to hold on to your identity and still do Friday night girls dinner or Tuesday Pilates because if you cancel all these things for the sake of appealing to your partner then that's when the relationship starts to become like 
somewhat codependent right. because you don't have your own friends anymore. You're always with your partner. Your partner is always with you. And it's, it becomes a very codependent relationship. But then also people in relationships like that, they tend to like argue over really small things. Yeah. Which makes sense because you're always with each other. Yeah. So it's like you don't have a moment to breathe and like be free. So I think it's really, really, really important to like stay true to yourself. Stay true to yourself. And like just because like I like to say like a relationship's not two halves coming together to make a whole. Yeah. It's two holes coming together to like make yeah. like an affinity. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you that you just. Uh, talked about codependency because it's a great problem a lot of people have and one of the main reasons why people don't leave how do you heal it like how do you work through it so I think that a lot of people who have codependency usually come from childhoods that kind of 100%. encourage it so like whether you grew up and your parent or parents one was mentally or physically ill and you were kind kind of having to play like you know, the parent mm -hmm. at a very young age, or maybe, you know, one of your parents was an addict. So you really had to step into like a very like maternal or paternal figure at a very young Besties, when I first started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from my mind. Now I'm selling hoodies with positive messages on the back and it is so easy all just because of Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online store stage to the first real life store stage, and all the way to the did we just hit a million order stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Besties, I truly cannot recommend Shopify enough. You guys know that I have a business and it is hosted on Shopify. So besties, sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash mafiansudis, all lowercase at shopify.com slash mafiansudis now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Again, besties, shopify.com slash mafiansudis. Thank you so much, Shopify, for sponsoring today's episode. Besties, this is for everyone that's looking to learn a new language. Whether you have an upcoming international trip or want to connect with friends and family or a new culture, Rosetta Stone is for you. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app, and it truly immerses you in the language that you want to learn. Rosetta Stone has been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages to offer, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, and so many more, and it immerses you in many, many ways. It has no English translations, which means that you really learn to speak listen and think in that language and i also love that it has speech recognition it has a built-in true accent feature which gives you feedback on your pronunciation it's literally like having a personal trainer for your accent besties don't put off learning that language there's no better time than right now to get started and for a very limited time i missed me's listeners can get rosetta stone's lifetime membership for 50 percent off visit rosettastone.com today again besties that's 50 percent off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life i love you besties and I can't wait for you guys to start learning a new language. 
Hormone Harmony is not just a supplement for women going through menopause, but it has become a phenomenon and women literally cannot stop talking about it on social media to the point where a bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicating to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make absolutely no compromise when it comes to quality and it contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. And the cool thing about adaptogens is that they help the body adapt to any stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout the woman's life. Besties, Hormone Harmony isn't just for menopause, but any women with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it. There is no better feeling and benefit than feeling like yourself again, and that is what Hormone Harmony is for. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at Happy Mammoth just using your code MAFIANSURES at checkout. Besties, that's happymammoth.com using the code MAFIANSURES at checkout for 15% off today. Thank you so much, Happy Mammoth, for sponsoring today's episode. Age, and then also sometimes when you're younger, if you, it's like the emotional side as well, not just physical. So like if they're arguing a lot, or maybe your family like you know brushes things underneath the rug and doesn't communicate and just pretends everything's okay, then you kind of grow up viewing relationships in that way and you try to keep the peace so I see a lot of people kind of lose their voice in relationship because if there's an issue going on they don't want to speak on the matter because Mm -hmm. they just want to keep the peace so they kind of become like a yes woman or a yes man and then you know a lot of people who are codependent take on you know relationships where maybe they feel like they need to like fix the person but Um, I mean, that's it goes back to what I was saying previously, like you have to a I would say go to therapy and really understand (laughs) seek help. (laughs) Yes. No. Yeah. Seek help. I went to therapy. I think therapy's great. Um, I wouldn't be speaking on any of this if I probably didn't go to therapy. So Hmm. it's like, you know, because the therapist can really dissect those things that you didn't think were a big deal in your childhood you thought were just a normal childhood and any underlying traumas that you have and then once that you're once you're aware of those now you can now work on those issues but I think if you're codependent or in a codependent relationship the best way to not any longer be that is to be on your own like be on your own if you feel tempted to enter a relationship because you know it seems appealing be on your own even more like just like that is so true yeah like just keep being on your own until you really understand your like the more you crave it the more that you have to abstain from it a thousand i mean it's like an addict you know like you have to first accept that you are codependent and realize that you are other people could tell you it but you know You have to admit to it yourself and be like, okay, I have an issue. I'm codependent with my friends, with my family, with my relationships. And then you have to literally stay out of a relationship and really navigate all the things that you need to fix and overcome them. And if you're already in a relationship, you can, of course, like overcome codependency. But then your partner has to be open and receptive to you overcoming that with you putting your boundaries in place and whatnot because a lot of people that are in relationships and one person is codependent and the other person isn't sometimes that person likes that person being codependent because they get what they want how they want when they want you know like they know that their partner's gonna you know serve them and do these things for them and drop their plans for them so that's why it's harder sometimes in a relationship because sometimes in a relationship like 
as toxic as it is, one person kind of like gets off and likes that this person is codependent because it serves them. Yeah. And that is also like not everybody is looking to grow. You know, like yeah. I have so I have so many friends that are in toxic relationships and are not looking to leave anytime soon. Yeah. And that's OK, too. It's like that's their journey. I mean, actually, <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, I feel like it's a good first step to like want to be better. But there's people that are just not looking to be better. Yeah. Or they're just not ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can you share some funny, embarrassing <laughs> I wish I had I try to think about like funny embarrassing you really don't yeah like I, th- I I honestly like try to think about that and like first dates like dating stories or like embarrassing things men have done or like jaw-dropping bare minimum things that you've ever I mean yeah it's just like okay like first dates to me usually aren't aren't uh, I don't really go on them, but yeah, same. <laughs> I never go on them, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> I don't really go on them unless yeah. it's like really worth my time. But yeah. like, you know, I'm just in a different place in my life. I don't need a date just to date. Um, How old are you? I'm 28. Okay, you look so much younger. Oh my god, thank you. No, yeah, what? <laughs> um, so you're looking to date to marry? Yeah, like the next person I date will probably be, be someone that's like more, you know, exclusive. And if we're gonna date four years, I'm now in my 30s. So it's like I'm not like before. We you know when I was in my 20s, when I was 20, 21, 22, I was a serial first dater. I loved going on first dates. Yeah. Like you know whether. Whether it was a good conversation, whether nothing came of it, whether I made a new friend, cool. But now it's like I would rather spend my time working on things that I'm passionate about rather than going on a first date just for the hell of it. Right. So, yeah, I'm definitely in a different like dating stage, but I haven't really had any awkward first dates. Um, I don't know, because I'm so talkative and extroverted and outgoing that even if someone's shy, it's a matter of time before they, like, warm up to me. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm just, just like... feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, no, I mean, put two shy people on a first date. Doesn't work out. Doesn't work out. Yeah. But even if the guy's a little more timid, you know, I'll be very, like, communicative and ask him questions to where he starts to feel more safe. Um yeah, I, I literally, nothing comes to mind. That's really sad, but I guess I'm just a perfect dater. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I'm like, I'm trying to think <laughs> of like probably a, a good thing. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like a jaw dropping like moment or anything embarrassing, but like honestly, like nothing has really like struck me. I mean, I will say like when it comes to dating, it's just like this isn't jaw dropping, but or embarrassing, but it's hard because like, you can meet somebody and feel like, okay, finally, I've kind of met somebody that I feel like could be someone yeah. in my life. But then it's like everything's so interchangeable these days and so fast. I mean, you can meet somebody and for two weeks, you'd be talking and then all of a sudden you don't talk anymore. Yeah. So I would say like just like consistency yeah, has so been weird. really hard to find. Yeah. And consistency is such an ick. Yeah. Like just like. Men that start pulling away out of nowhere, like ghosting, and like that's a big thing now. That's like <laughs> I'm laughing because I just had an experience like this. I hate it. I <laughs> like hate literally, it. you just said everything. That's like the one thing that's not happening to me in 2024. A thousand percent. I had not. enough of it last year. No, I'll tell you the story. So basically, I met this guy in New York um, like a month ago, and I already knew it was kind of like he's a very sweet guy, but I already knew it was kind of a red flag because like upon meeting me, he was like, "Oh my god, you're like you're such a wife. Like I'm in love with you. Like you don't say th- that's a red flag too. A thousand percent, all of it. Like you, I'm so in love with 
you like you don't even know me like you met me for like a total of eight hours so it's like all that I was like already very cautious of and then um we like had conversation here and there because he lives in New York I live in Los Angeles and so obviously he was like very love bombing and like whatnot and I always say as soon as something starts is as fast as it will end. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's with everything. That's like with social media. Like, yeah. you know, when people are just like trending and blow up out of nowhere and then in two weeks you don't know anything about them percent. anymore. So. Yeah. So it's like I already was like very aware of his behavior because, you know, I was just Were you like, liking him too? I mean, I liked him for... The attention he was giving you? Not necessarily the attention he was giving me. No, it was really... It's really rare for me to find some... Well, not rare because I can talk off anybody's ear. But like we were having mentally stimulating conversations. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, like actual like Yeah, like you know, like your mind's turning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not even like I love myself too much that so it's like I don't give a fuck if someone gives me attention or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like okay. so it's like it was that it's very rare, like I can talk to a wall, Same. but it's very rare for me to find somebody that mentally can stimulate me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know well, what I mean? Has, like, common sense conversations yes. we can actually have a conversation yeah not just like hey how you doing or you want to drink you know yeah, yeah, like yeah. actually thinking want to go out and yeah. yeah talking about worldly things that are actually going on so the mental stimulation i liked but then like i said i was already aware of like the love bombing and i was like mm, something's off um you know just be careful with this one because like that's not normal behavior yeah. and then um i of course live in los angeles and he lives there so he thought I was in New York because I posted a photo of like a martini um, at a restaurant in New York because, you know, like throwback Thursday. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And so he was th- it OK that you do it to get his attention. No, I didn't. Okay. I like because like dirty day teeny, dirty martini. You know, I don't know. I'm just like, yeah, you know. No, yeah, okay. I don't know. I just no, like it would have been me. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it wasn't necessarily like to get his attention. But then he thought I was in New York and I wasn't. I was in Los Angeles. But more of the story is, is he ended like he ghosted me because he assumed I was in New York. And I was like, no, I'm not in New York. And then he's like, wow, I'm so mad. I thought you were in New York. And then like haven't heard from him since, which is fine, because like I said, already it was just like it it was not anything like to come of it to begin with. I already was aware of his like behaviors, but it's just rare to find somebody that you can have mentally stimulating conversation with. That's what I'm saying. It's like like people will just like ghost you. It's like. You're ghosting me because you're mad that you assumed the wrong thing. So, I don't know. I just stay in my own lane. It's hard. (laughs) I know. (laughs) When is a time where you've said, like, enough is enough? Okay. Um, So, I don't know. I was probably, like, 22, 23. Um, And I wasn't exclusive boyfriend and girlfriend with this guy. But, you know... At that time in my life, I was definitely in a different place mentally. So, like, I didn't have as much self-love or respect as I do for myself. I didn't love being alone as much as I do now. Um, So any relationship that I kind of had attention or love from, I entertained, even if it was the wrong person. And... So we weren't ever boyfriend and girlfriend, but there was this guy who I met and he had been sober for like a year and a half. And um, uh, and he did like everything, like drug, like hardcore drugs, alcohol, like everything. But he had been sober when I met him. And so I didn't know his like Past. other side. Yeah. And so like we like we, we were never, like I said, boyfriend, girlfriend, but we we're seeing each other, hanging out, whatnot. And he relapsed like and. 
I think that, like, you know, a part of... While talking with you. Yeah. And, like, so, like, then it kind of, like, I mean, it was a complete, like, 360 because I knew this person and I had never seen this person. And then when he relapsed, it was this person I didn't even recognize. And I took and so... you were already attached to the first one that you met. A thousand percent. Yeah. And so I took so much initiative upon myself to be like, why did he relapse? How can I help him? Like, I, but then... I also sacrificed a lot of myself for the sake of his yeah. mental clarity yeah. because when you're dealing with someone like this, anything can offset them. You know, like you could be on a trip with your girlfriends in Aspen and, you know, they'd be like, ah, you're with, like, you know, so it's like I like I definitely was not staying true to who I was and I felt like I was triggering him in a lot of ways and he was triggering me because then his reasoning for using is X, Y, and Z and it involves me. And like, I will never do that again, okay? I like, like it, for anyone, I don't know how people do it, but for anyone, like, I mean, one thing I learned about addicts is that like, even when they're clean and they're not using, they have to be addicted to something else. Hopefully that addiction is healthy. Like maybe it's Go running a business, or, yeah. going to the gym, making money, but they have that addictive mentality. So if it's not using, they usually are addicted to something else. And so you can become someone else's addiction. And so I kind of was his addiction and it was a very toxic for him and for me. And I think that, you know, a lot of people, whether someone's an addict or not an addict, they think, especially women, because we have that maternal instinct yeah. in us, you know, you want, you think you can fix somebody, but like it is not your job to fix anybody. Somebody has to want to fix themselves and work on themselves. It's not your job to fix anybody or show somebody what a great person they could be. Like that is all all of our own job and so that relationship was definitely like enough is enough and I what I learned from that is um I personally for me will never date anybody who has an addiction uh issue I don't care if you've been so because you don't have it yeah I don't have it I don't understand it I can go out have a glass of wine and be fine and go home I don't crave more but also like it's risky and scary. Like, I don't care if you've been sober eight years. Like, for me personally, if I'm with you and you've been sober eight years and we're married and now we have kids and maybe one sip and I, I lost you, you're gone, yeah. you're a different person. So then it's like I'm having to fight for a relationship with, you know, like it just brings too much mess it really does. Into the relationship. And especially if, like, I'm thinking about my future. Like, me, my husband, my kids. You know, like, maybe my kids know the sober father they have. But, like I said, one sip or one wrong move and they're down a different path. And now your kids don't have a father figure. Yeah. So, for me personally, I won't enter a relationship with anyone who's an addict or a previous addict, but they've recovered. It's just it's just a lot to handle. And um, I've learned a lot through that relationship so Mm -hmm. that was definitely like enough is enough for what I'm tolerating with him but also what I'm allowing myself to go through right this is what I think I'm worthy of like totally and it's super important what you're saying like you're not a therapist you're not a mom you're not a sister you're a girlfriend like I'm not I don't have to fix your issues you know like you I should accept you as you are and also you can't 
date someone who is sober but has friends who are addicts mm -hmm. you know and that's what I like kind of realized because I had a similar experience where I used to talk with this guy that used to smoke a lot of weed and I there's people that allow that and that like that I personally don't because I'm an athlete I have a business I like traveling I, I don't even drink because yeah. I don't like it and there's no problem with drinking I just don't want that in my life right and he would like I'm gonna quit I'm gonna quit I'm gonna quit but then he would go with his friends that also did it and he would do it yeah. you know so his environment is also super important yeah um I always say birds of the same feather flock together. Yeah. So like, yeah, like if your friends, you know, are potheads, then it's like you're probably going to be one. If, you know, these people are always drinking all the time, getting, you know, drunk, then it's like you're probably going to fall into that. So it's like your environment is a reflection of who you are. Yeah. And it's also going to be reflected in who you are. Like it goes both ways. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. like you are not like you are like you're, you want to have healthy friends around you because you are a healthy person, you know? Yeah. It happens the same for. Yeah. Now. Now. For them. <laughs> yeah. Now I am. I've definitely gone through the rinker. But yeah, like now I'm to the point in my life where I don't go out really on dates unless I see, you know, potential in someone. I don't really care to go to like the dinners and the events and the lounge. You won't catch me in a club like because I'd rather sit home in peace and watch a movie 100%. with myself then be out with company I don't enjoy yeah. or are not true to you. And that are like sucking your social battery. A thousand percent. Yeah. Or just like fake and they're like, oh my God, how good to see you. And then they talk shit about you behind your back. 100%. It's like, I'm Have you been that. to those like influencer events here in LA? Yeah, Have I go alone. <laughs> no, same. But yeah. you just meet so many people there that are just like. Yeah. Yeah, no, a thousand percent. So it's like, I, I mean, it, it's so weird to me that like, for such a like this should this should be like the girls room the yeah. girls girls the safe space and it's like these influencer events i feel like you know i go to and i go alone sometimes thinking oh maybe i'll meet somebody but then it's like i you know can't. you yeah you won't you can't because it's like they're so like it's like it's like the mean girls the movie it's like it you really is and you feel like you have to be like like happy all the time and it's like well, these people are not even having like real conversations like no. I went to this oh Polly oh Polly thing like I should probably not say the brand but <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll cut that we'll out <laughs> um, it's okay whatever and I went there and there, there was this girl that also had a podcast she had like 50,000 more followers than me which is like I really don't give a shit about yeah. that like I just want to have cool conversations with yeah. cool people and that's it and she was like oh my gosh you have a podcast I would love to like podcast swap whatever and then I went home like a few days later I like DM'd her and she like unfollowed me like she left me on right and unfollowed me and I was like yeah that's here and she was the nicest one in the room yeah that day so and yeah. it was that was in Florida but oh it was in Florida yeah that was in Florida oh Jesus yeah. so it's everywhere no but that's everywhere like yeah it's just so superficial. It's super superficial. It's a shame because you think this whole like, you know, girls, girl influencer social media space, like it'd be very empowering and like girls stick together and have each other's backs. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of like subconscious competition. Going yeah, on. it's not like that. It's like there's competition. How can they become better than you? How can they get ahead? And it's like, yeah, like you go to those events and people are just like really I usually just like go get my stuff, do my content, thank people, and That's leave. why it's cool to, like, go, to, like, experience yeah. it yourself. Yeah, because it's, like, yeah, girls are just, like, I feel like they'll, like, be looking at you and, like, be talking about you with their friend. It's, like, 
It's it's not a safe space. It really is not. <laughs> no. It really isn't. Thank you so much for being here. This has been an amazing conversation. And I want to close it out by asking you a question that I ask everybody that comes and I missed me. And that is, what does healing mean to you? Hmm. Um, I think healing to me means being okay with your past and truly being okay with everything that has happened to you and that you've had to overcome and being ready, open, and available to take on anything that comes your way in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just make peace with your past and be ready for the future. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, stay present. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much again. This has been such a wonderful conversation. Um, thank you guys for watching. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys. Don't forget to follow I Missed Me on every single social media. Don't forget to follow me on social media. And don't forget that I have a clothing brand, I Missed Me project that you can also find everywhere. Don't forget that we're all strangers healing together. I love you guys and I will see you guys on our next episode. With love, Mafe. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.